Hello and welcome to Conversations with Colby. I'm here with Sandeep Kaur, and she is here to tell us about uh, her exciting work as a death doula, among other things. So, Sandeep, would you mind taking a moment to introduce yourselves? Yes. So I am Sandeep Kaur, and yes, I'm a death doula. Exciting. I, uh, I'm a psychotherapist. I work with therapy and clients, conscious psychotherapy. But my favorite work to do is work with death. Mm. I shed light on the most feared subject of all, death. Yeah. yeah. I find that the topic itself, the word itself, when I put it out there, this is what I do, a lot of eyes turn and say, what? So it's very interesting and like to talk more about exactly what I do and why I do it. So. Sure, I can imagine that, uh, you know, is, is one of those topics that there is a lot of, of fear and curiosity and misunderstanding. Uh, that mm -hmm. You get quite a variety of reactions when you share with people what it is that you do. Mm -hmm. Very much so. The biggest one being the negative stigma attached to it. Yeah. So it's, mm -hmm. it's looked upon as a negative mindset that the talk about death will probably manifest death or the topic of death is so far out that it's not happening to us. So it's so dark when there's nothing dark about it. And what might you say to people that, that have that reaction? Uh, how would you uh, express to them your perspective that there's nothing dark about it? Um, many, many different things. Most of the people that do attend my meditations, sometimes they don't know what they just say death meditation. They're intrigued by the title. So when they come in and the question is asked to each one of the attendees as to what intrigued you to come to this class. And mostly the answers I get is I'm very scared of death. I don't want to die. Neither do I want to ever lose my loved ones. Mm. So the anxiety over that subject Mm -hmm. somehow is 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 big but yet they chose to come and discover mm -hmm. because they know and the way i approach it is the moment you're born you exactly know that you're also done it wasn't hidden right that's the biggest reality we know is once you're born you're also going to die mm -hmm. but the interesting fact is that most people and i'm talking a lot of people here believe that yeah, they'll die, but it'll be later on in life, right? It'll be when I am older, like 85, 90 years old. And it's something that can be put away for a long, long, long time. Mm. Then the reality is that the next breath isn't promised. You know, there's no guarantee. The only guarantee we have is we're all going to die. Mm. So what I do is I prepare people. I prepare people for for this transition to happen when it is guaranteed that transition is happening, right? And to welcome this transition to come because we're so, we're so impermanent in this life. Mm. And the more awareness we bring to this subject, the more happy people can live, if that makes sense. It does, and I'm loving what you hear and something uh, stuck out for me saying, helping people to, to welcome death. 
what are some uh, tips and uh, perspectives that have that you offer to people to to help them? Uh, to, it sounds like a stunning uh, turnaround to go from fearing uh, something mm -hmm. the unknown of death to welcoming it. Yes, the first thing that I would say is, when you were born, you also knew you were leaving, right? It wasn't hidden from you. Like you knew, you know, everybody knows we're gonna die, right? I look at life as getting a visitor visa. We have a visitor visa on the earth. We all do. You have it, I have it, everybody else has it. But we don't know when the expiration on that visitor visa is. But yet, we make our earth, our home as permanent. <laughs> so it was never said it's permanent. You're given a limited time to visit the earth. So if you're given a limited time, don't you wanna see everything and do everything and prepare to leave whenever it comes? Mm. But again, the mindset needs to be shifted. The mindset is I have all my life to do all the things I wanna do. I have all my life to ask forgiveness that maybe I need. Mm. And maybe I need to see a certain place that I'm planning 20 years from now because I'll have more time on my hand when I do that. But my question is, how do you know that? Mm. So there's three things I teach. One, death is certain, right? It's inevitable, death is happening. The second thing I teach is we have no idea. The time of death is uncertain. Mm. The biggest one is it's, maybe I won't even have my next breath. Mm. I don't know that, right? And the third thing is at the time of death, nothing goes with you. Mm. Only your spiritual development will go with you. Your money doesn't go with you. Mm. Your family doesn't go with you. Your career, all the titles that you make up during this lifetime that you're so attached to, mm. they don't go with you. But people don't think that way. They, they, they live as they're permanently here. Mm -hmm. They earn this title of a doctor, a lawyer, a police officer, whatever you name it. There's so many, right? And they cling to those titles as if that's permanence. And the sooner you try to unattach yourself, detach yourself from those titles, the easier the process of death is. Because we can't avoid that, right? Yeah. Well, you, you mentioned something that, that really floored me, that the only thing that we can take with us is our spiritual development. And, and then I'm thinking about how much oftentimes people invest in the material things that you mentioned and the exactly. in, in the resume and the, and, and the superficial things relative to this, their spiritual development. Uh, the one thing that, that you're saying that we can take with us when all the rest are, are, are lost, uh, that they, they won't cross that threshold with us. No. And I can explain further why I believe that and why I teach that. So you see in life, some people have everything in their life. Others suffer a lot, right? Some people have an easy path of life. While on the other hand, one person is super sick all the time and just life is not fair, right? That's where our spiritual development plays a big role. So in this lifetime, I have two buckets. One, 
I'm making karma. One, I'm paying karma. Mm. When I'm making karma, I am mindful of the choice I make every day. So I get up in the morning and I make sure that my bucket is clean. It's taking in things that I am putting in my bucket and that bucket of my spiritual development will go in my next incarnation. That's mm -hmm. the only thing that will go. So when I take birth again, wherever I stopped with my karma bucket, my bucket remains the same. But all the other attachments, my body, my money, my career, my labels, my children, all the relationships that I made, they're not going with me. So like I said, two buckets, making karma, paying karma. Mm -hmm. So people that are always struggling are paying karma, but they also have a choice to make karma. Mm -hmm. And some people ask me, well, why, why do you think animals, animals are born and they suffer a lot? Animals only pay karma. They cannot make karma. Mm. And that's another way of reincarnation where your karma bucket is so full with things you made choices with that you end up being an animal in the next lifetime. And you don't even have that chance to make karma anymore. You're only strictly paying karma. Mm. So two components, one mindful of death, second mindful of your karma. So your next incarnation can be what you want you have a choice today mm -hmm. so in a sense what you're saying is if i'm hearing right and checking is that the the choices we make every day mm -hmm. are kind of on a on a karma ledger and we can be paying off karma previously accumulated we can be building exactly. a balance of karma that we mm -hmm forward into our next reincarnation our next uh, our next lifetime uh, yes earth yes incarnation on earth so what we're doing in this lifetime we're carrying over from our last lifetime that's why certain people have good luck they call mm -hmm. destiny yeah that's because their last lifetime they were whatever they were that's what they're paying that's where they're they're earning, right? Mm -hmm. But being conscious in this lifetime can bring you whatever you need in your next lifetime. And that's why I say only your spiritual development will go with you. So if your soul is from one to 10, if you do your soul development and you leave at five while you pass, then in your next incarnation, you're still at five. You can build up from that. Mm -hmm. So you have this chance this chance in this lifetime, you know, to be aware and conscious of the choices you make and not hold anything because it's so impermanent. It's so impermanent. That's a powerful reminder. I, I really appreciate that because it can, the, the mind, certainly my mind can get attached to objects uh, and titles for the sense of maybe safety or belonging uh, that yep. that for me. Um, it's your reminder is really helping me, you know, take a step back from that. This is a journey that I've been, you know, remembering uh, coming into an awareness of more recently uh, mm -hmm. that the those external objects, uh, including praise and affirmation, uh, exactly. recognition 
are things that I have invested a lot of energy in. And even in this lifetime, they've ultimately been unfulfilling. Uh, to use your analogy of a bucket, I compare it to having a bucket that I was trying to fill with water and yet mm -hmm. holes in the bucket. And so no matter how much material right? yes. uh, I could pour into that bucket, if my if I had spiritual leakage, <laughs> mm -hmm. right? And the empty, no matter how much I tried to fill it. And, um, you know, maybe to continue the analogy, healing bucket is a spiritual process. Um, and in realizing, recognizing, turning within, uh, rather than continuing to pursue external validation, uh, looking inside, um, which is maybe where more of that spiritual uh, realm is found. Uh, that seemed to be a, a major turning point for me in my life. It is, it is. And the thing you realize, the sooner you realize, then you have that time to focus inwards, that journey of inwards, you know, who you are. Like, how can, I, I wonder sometimes, how can a person not question mm. what this life is all about? Yeah. You know, how can you not think about those things <sighs> and the afterlife? And how can you not? I remember always, actually, when I was young, I would go for walks in the cemetery. I was just thinking of how did I get into this whole journey of becoming a death coach? Mm -hmm. I remember going for walks in the cemetery and I was always intrigued. So I would go from, what do you call them? Um, stones that they have on the, the gravestones. And I would read each one of them from 1950 to mm -hmm. say 2000, whatever. But I would look at them and everybody had the same dash, dash, dash. And I would focus on the dash. I'm like, everybody has a dash. But that dash is the power you have. Yes. That little dash is the life you live. So if that little dash defines what you do in your life, think about it. We all are going to end up on that gravestone with that dash in the middle. What you want to do with that dash is the choice you make. Mm. And with that, I mean conscious choices, not getting attached to superficial titles, superficial things that are not even going with you. If you knew the date of your dying, if you knew, and I'm just using you as an example, at that point, would you still be attached to all the titles when you know that this is my day? Most mm. likely not. Mm. Because all you'd be focusing on is what can I do in this moment to better myself? So when I exit, I take it with me. The mm. only thing missing right now is you don't know that date. Mm. And that date could be anything. It, it's, it's really fascinating. And uh, something that was occurring to me as I was listening, um, I've often found as I examine why I choose certain approaches to life, uh, it, it's resonating for me that a lot of how we treat death is mm -hmm. to our desire to stay alive so it's important to, to matter you know in life uh if we are seen if we are heard uh mm -hmm. especially as children we we sense that we have a greater chance of survival if we're part right. of the community and we're connected however once we pass away that no longer becomes important and yet oh. We, we still <laughs> paradoxically act 
as though those things will matter after we pass away. Mm -hmm. Exactly, exactly. Wow. It's a huge realization. You know, once you realize, then you start looking at death and the journey of life in a whole different context. Mm -hmm. You look at everything as, I know it's impermanent, but I'm going to enjoy the best I can because I'm only visiting. So I'll make the best out of it. Instead of saying, shit, I'm going to leave. I'm going to die. Yeah. It's not that. Mm -hmm. It's like, yeah, you're going to leave. So what are you going to do with it? Yeah. You're going to make meaningful memories. You're going to develop your spirituality. You're going to develop your inner self. And then you're going to prepare for the seven phases. So I also teach is what happens when the body starts to shut down. Okay. You know, when it's, it's again, a different analogy is when you are supposed to write a test on exam, you don't wait till the last moment. You prepare ahead of time, right? You prepare ahead of time. And if you have a, a competition at the gym and you're lifting weights, you don't start the last day. You start ahead of time. Similarly, all along, you know you're dying. Why not investigate this process? Why not really sit down and seek what's coming your way and how to prepare for it? Mm. And once you put your mind into it, it's not scary because it's happening anyway. Mm. So there's seven different steps of the body shutting down, four exactly to be the body and three to be the consciousness leaving the body. So if I know that once my body starts to shut down, the earth element, the air element, the wind element, the space element is exiting my body. Mm. And I, I already know the sensations I'm going to be feeling. When death comes, I won't be scared. Because my mind, my soul, my heart, and my body already knows what to expect. Mm. So that's... In, in one way, it's preparation for what's to come, right? Yeah, that's hugely powerful. Again, the, the fear, as I mentioned before, of, of death, a lot of it is attributed to its being unknown and unfamiliar. Again, mm -hmm. it is programmed that anything unpredictable, unfamiliar is a, is a potential threat. And exactly, the unknown, yes. Yeah, the unknown. I mean, it's, it's scary. Yeah. To be lurking around that that dark corner, is it a lion? Is it someone who's going to stab me with a knife? You know, the 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 mind tells that worst case scenario, right? Uh, and what you're offering to people is a sense of making the unknown more known, so that when people begin to arrive at these stages, there there's a welcoming sense of familiarity uh, yes. to that fear of the unpredictable. And not only your own mortality but the mortality of others. If somebody close to you is passed, like two weeks ago, my father transitioned. He transitioned, he, he left this life. Mm. And I, he's in Canada, I was in the DR, but me working with energy and knowing how the energy exits the body, how many breaths per minute, I was guiding my sister who was in Canada knowing that now the energy is rising up. It always comes up from the feet and for my father, it was stuck in the throat for a long time because in his life, there was things that he did not do. There was regrets. There were stories that he did not say. There was yeah. things that he did not do. Yeah. So therefore, the energy was stuck from your chest, from his chest up to the head. Yeah. It took a long time for that energy to release itself. But if you're known with this kind of work, you can sit with the person who's dying and help their consciousness 
leave the body. Mm. And you can be very gentle with them. You do not use harsh tones. So knowing this will help other people, not mm. just yourself, yes. but other people who are, who are leaving, who are mm. exiting. Mm. And it's such a beautiful thing when, when the body actually shuts down, what happens to the body? You know, the process of your own mortality. So what I teach is you're actually going in a journey, in a meditation where you see yourself dying. In that moment, people are like, why would I contemplate my own death while I'm alive? Exactly why? So you know what, what's happening. Mm -hmm. So they visualize their own death. And the first thing that goes is the earth element underneath you. Mm -hmm. So the body becomes very, very heavy. The weight of the body is like, thousand kilos more than what it is it feels like the gravity it's like they have so many blankets on them that's how the weight feels because the earth element is now dissolving mm. and then the air element goes the sense of touch leaves the sense of taste leaves the tears come out and bodily fluid so either they urinate that's when the body is shutting down. The kidneys are shutting down. Mm. That now the energy starts to move up. Then the heart stops. Slowly the breathing stops. Mm. And the fourth stage of the dying is when the suffering stops, the pain stops. That's the four stages. The consciousness, however, still remains in your body. It still remains in your body for three more phases. Once the consciousness leaves the body, it goes, rises up. It merges with the white light. Then it merges with a ball of red light. And then it merges with a black velvet. From, from there, the consciousness actually goes into the womb of a new mother. They say, that's how fast you reincarnate. And depending on your karma, what karma you did, that reincarnation takes place. So if I know all this, wouldn't I want to prepare? Yeah. Wouldn't I want to prepare for this process so I can have some sense of control? Mm. You know? Yeah, much more so than just rolling the dice and taking Right? Yeah. Exactly. Wow. So studying it's such an interesting, um, interesting line of work. Most people that come and talk, they feel so liberated after. Yeah. And a part of this work that I do is also visualizing, saying goodbye to your loved ones because people cling on to attachments. People cling on to their bodies. People also cling on to their titles. Yeah. So the first step would be to really visualize that your title is taken away. So somebody worked 18 years to be a surgeon. Imagine that title is now taken away. You are just this name. And then the name goes away. They're like, what just happened? I don't want to get rid of my name. All I did was, my name was everything to me. Yeah. And then the relationships don't come with you. Mm. They say, alone you come and alone you go. Naked you come and naked you go. From dust you come to dust you go. Mm. So, yeah. Mm. Thank you. I'm, I'm drinking all, all of this in and, and a part of me is wondering 
how do you share your message with people that um, that might seem to have a, a deaf ear or a blind eye to this uh, to this awakening to this awareness? That is why this podcast could also help reach more people. I do have a website that I've put all this contest on contacts on. Mm-hmm. I teach death meditations every second week here at Natura Cabana. Mm-hmm. And usually it's a full house, you know. Wow. People are intrigued by it and they come and then they talk about it and they spread the message that, oh my God, she does these meditations on death. And I do them on a Sunday morning. So when they come, I'm like, what intrigues you to come to a death meditation on a Sunday morning? Mm. And people share their personal experiences, their fears. And majority of people really thank me afterwards and say, you know what? You've made such a difference because I am no longer feeling as I'm dying inside. That fear of dying always kept me from living. And that's very gratifying knowing that I just made a difference in somebody living their life non-materialistically anymore. They're mm. actually living for the right reason, right? Mm. Not holding on to grudges, not holding on to false emotions, because in the end, is it going with you? Mm. Wow. And, and what you just said, it struck me that okay, we're all going to die. We don't have any say-so about that. And yet, we're going to die when we die. We don't have to be dying while we're living the whole rest of the time. If we're obsessed with afraid of death, then in fact, we're extending our death into that time when we when exactly. we this gift. Of exactly. Life. So you're not, you're not dying every day because you're going to die. You're actually living every day because you're going to die. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Yeah. And it's, it's the mindset shift that, you know, they say those who, I wrote this, those who die before they die, no longer die when they die. Yes. It's so true. Wow. Beautiful. Yeah. I would love to, to send me that. Yeah. Finish. Thank you. It, it's, would you mind re- reading it again for me? Yeah, I always mix up. That's why those who die before they die no longer die when they die. Because death is fear. Majority of it is fear. So if you've already done this before, you don't die when you die because death is only fear. It's only a transition. We're only transitioning to another realm. It's just a shift. We're just changing suits. Mm. Thank you. That's so... That's so beautiful for me. Um, I'm reminded of a um, I'm reminded of a song by Jason Isbell called "If We Were Vampires." And I've never heard it. There's a line in the song that says, um, "If we were vampires, um, and death was a joke." Uh, and mm-hmm. He's with a love, with a, a love of his life. And he's saying, if, if we were vampires and we couldn't die, mm-hmm. would we not take life seriously? Would we just like, every moment would be worthless. Right. As uh, what if time running out is a gift? And uh, it's the existence of death is what gives us the chance to fully live, to live with the awareness that it's sacred. Yeah. Makes yeah. so much sense. 
Mm. That's that's beautiful. I, I'm I'm really loving this this conversation, and I'm grateful for for uh, your coming today to to talk with me and to share uh, what you do, not only with with the world, uh, but beyond the world. Um, you know, with our with our spirit. The way I say it is, I say I shine the light of life on death. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. Shining light in areas of shadow. That is the work of consciousness. That is the work, yeah. work of yes. spiritual investment. Uh, yes. and there are very few areas of shadow uh, as deep and dark as, as that of death for many people. Yes, and that's it. Like Not only in the Western society, but even in the culture that I was born in. Mm. Indian, people think that, no, they're welcome death. No, no, I remember growing up and they would say, oh my God, somebody died. Don't talk about it as if you're attracting death. Yeah. And I'm thinking, like, how can you do that? How can you attract that? Don't talk about it. And also the things like people say, oh, certain person died. The first thing that comes in mind is, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. Yeah. But why? Why? Yeah. Yeah, it went home. He already knew he was going home. He lived his life to the yeah. best of his being. But if we change that mindset and say, good for him, he went home. Yeah. He already knew he was going yeah. It's what he did with that dash that I was talking about. That life that he had is yeah. what matters. Yeah. You know? mm. So those are so many things that we can be each day mindful of. Yeah. I recommend doing this meditation by yourself. Everybody, 10 minutes a day. Sitting, contemplating your own death, your own mortality. Looking at your life every day, thinking what really matters. Yeah. What is really important in my life today. Mm. And then... The more you do that, the more your brain and your mind starts to see things that are not important. Yeah. And the sooner you do that, sooner that realization happens. And then you spend more time alone. You spend more time really nourishing your soul than nourishing your body and your mind. You nourish your soul. And that soul nourishment goes after life with you. That's the good part that you can take it with you. you know? wow. I'm, I'm tingling. I'm, I'm super grateful for, for your time today. I'm super grateful for everything that, that you shared with us. Um, well, I'm super grateful for sharing the message and you helping me share this very important message that you. needs to be there. So. Thank you. It's, I, I'm super excited uh, just that you and, and uh, that this, this knowledge and information is out there. Uh, is there anything, last thing you'd like to say, uh, how to find you, a website, contact information? Yes, my, um, I am on Instagram under Kundalini, K-U-N-D-A-L-I-N-I, -I -I, Kundalini Heal. Okay. And you can look me up, all my programs in there, and that will guide you to my website where I do offer this kind of work, where I can do one-on-one -on -one coaching or group coaching. Or if you just have a question, you're going through something that you feel that I'm losing a loved one or... I'm scared, you know. Mm. I would love to guide you along this transition. Of whoever needs that, so. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's uh, I I had the uh, the thought pop in my my mind right now that it sounds like you're really uh, filling your bucket of karma. Uh, I'm trying. Yeah, and, and that's I'm trying. That's we can do. That's all we really can do is we can try our best. I think we in many ways, maybe we choose 
certain limitations and challenges in our life in order to mm -hmm. them. Uh, that we that trying and doing our best is all the more meaningful because we are imperfect, because we don't have you know an, an easy path. When we choose that more path, um, that's what really makes it mean so much more to me. Just being conscious, conscious of the choices you make each day, conscious, like we always have a choice, right? We always have a choice. So if either it goes, if we feed a dog, that, that's going in the good bucket. But if yeah. we do something hurtful, that's going in the other bucket. So just bringing that consciousness, elevating that awareness and saying, okay, you know what? What choice is here to make? Just taking that extra minute or extra 30 seconds before we jump to conclusions, take an action, say the wrong word, being yeah. mindful of, oh, I can, I have a choice. Which bucket do I want to put it in? Yeah. And then sooner you, you just make those reminders every day, you'll see that good karma bucket starts to fill more than the other one. Thank you. Thank simple, you. simple. Yeah, it's conscious. Simple. simple. <laughs> uh, it, in you know, in theory, in practice, you know, it, it takes it takes an effort, and yet we are capable of that effort, and it, and it's essential to make that effort. And I loved something you said about remembering that we have a choice. And so often, yes. say, I have to do this, or I can't do that, or I, I exactly. And and we don't.